remarkable people overcoming remarkable challenges with resilience, dedication, community, and grit. Listen as they share their stories of overcoming adversity. Open your eyes to what is genuinely possible for all of us. Authentic Adversity with host Chris Howe. Welcome back to another episode of the Authentic Adversity podcast. If you like the content, please like, comment, and subscribe. Today, uh, I sit down with a Muay Thai fighter, a trainer, an author, and a speaker. Uh, this is Kevin Ross. Welcome, man. What's up, brother? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about you? I've got no complaints, man. Excellent. Excellent. Um, man, I've been really like, I've been really looking forward to this interview. Um, you know, I think unknowingly you've played actually a pretty big part in my life since I got sober. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we've never actually met, but you know, I, when I got sober, the first place I went to was a Muay Thai gym because I needed to move my body and I needed to, you nice. know, I needed something to give me that same rush as drugs and alcohol were, yeah. but in a healthy outlet. Right. For sure. So I walked up the stairs to this Muay Thai gym and I saw this poster with these knuckles across it, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I looked at it and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Who's this guy? And I, I asked the owner there and he said, Oh, that's Kevin Ross. He's uh kind of like the face of Muay Thai in America right now. Like he's, you know, he's done a whole lot in, in Thailand and all over the world, but you know, he's, yeah. he's really making a big, uh, a big impact in, you know, North America with Muay Thai. Yeah. So, you know, I did the class, I, um, suffered through it. And, uh, <laughs> when I went home, I Googled your name and yeah. listen, I was 32 when I, when I got sober. So I got into the sport really late in life. Um, yeah. You know, I Googled your name, start looking at stuff, and I found out, oh my God, this guy's sober. And like, I keep, you know, kept digging and digging. And it was like, this guy's telling my story a little bit. And yeah. um, so it was a big motivator for me to know that somebody like yourself that had done so much in the sport had come from a similar background as me. And, wow. you know, you were somebody to, uh, you know, for a long time, well, you know, still, you're somebody to, for me to look up to in the sport and in life and in sobriety. And, yeah. uh, that really helped me. It really helped me kind of push through those, those tough, tough times in early sobriety and, yeah. um, kept me really dialed into the sport. And, um, you know, another thing, and I, I've mentioned this to you before, like, you know, I tore my ACL about seven years ago and I've actually just done it again about a month ago, <laughs> but, um, you know, your story it, I believe it was probably about a year after you did yours and oh. seeing your comeback story. I used to go in the gym and I had to do these little exercises to rehab my knee. And yeah. I used to sit on the bike and watch these stories about you. And there was one YouTube video that I watched about you telling, you know, your first fight, like nine months after you had your surgery or something. And it was like just such a huge motivator for me to know that like, you know, you can bounce back from a surgery like that or an injury like that. And it really kept yeah. my mind positive. And uh -huh. uh, so, I mean, first of all, I want to say thank you for that, because like, you know, as I said, un unknowingly, you've played like a, a big, a big part in motivating me to like push myself through things. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then, you know, your story is quite, quite remarkable. Um, you've been on big podcasts and you've, you've shared your story and it's really, really captivating. And, you know, to have you as a guest is, is really quite an honor. And, you know, I just uh, I want to thank you for that. And uh, I'm really looking forward to getting into kind of what life was like growing up for you, what, yeah. life, you know, what brought you through addiction, what got you mm -hmm. out of addiction and where you are today. So, um, 
For Man, sure. I don't know. I usually start out with like, can you sort of paint a picture for us about like what early life was like for you? Yeah, yeah, I can try to sum it up as best I can. Um, when I was born up until I was eight, um, I lived in the typical American dream family, you know, uh, loving parents, uh, brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, uh, lived in an affluent neighborhood. My, my right. father did very well. I grew up thinking that was the way that life is and the life, the way life will continue to be. Okay. Um, you know, no, no real hardships or, I mean, it was almost only eight, so there's, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of time, but you know, you can, your early childhood really, uh, sets the tone for a lot of things. So, mm-hmm. um, and then when I was eight is when my parents split up and okay. we immediately went from that kind of lifestyle to, myself my mother my brother my two sisters living in one of her friends base in a room in her friend's basement uh, growing up on welfare moving from house to house just getting ripped out of every everything i thought was reality was gone right and my entire perception of life got flipped upside down you know and i came to realize very very early on that nothing is secure. You're not safe. Um, yeah. unfortunately that all got pointed in that really negative direction where what's the point of doing anything? What's the point of trying? Because if you try, you're just going to fail. Um, someone's going to take it away from you. Things are going to get destroyed. People are going to die. You're going to get sick. All of, all those uh, negative aspects of that. And I just accepted that was the way that life is and will right. continue to be. And that there's nothing you can do about it. Basically, your story is set and you don't have no say. Right. You know, I really fell into that victim mentality of thinking there's nothing I can do about it because this okay. is just the way that it is. So why, why even bother? Yeah. You know, and uh, which, you know, so many, so many of us do, whether, whether the thing, whether the circumstances are real or imagined, we feel like we have no control. Yes. You know, and there certainly are most things we don't have control over, but there's a lot of things we do have control over. And and at the very least, we have control over uh, how we view these things, our perspective of these things. And um, unfortunately, I didn't learn that lesson until I decided to turn my life around at 23. So growing up, you know, as I said, we moved. I mean, we were moving every couple of months, every six months. I went to so many different schools. Um, any, any time I even remotely started feeling comfortable or okay, if we're going to sit still for a minute, it was just like gone. Yeah. Um, my mom kept getting married, divorced, married, divorced. We'd move for, for various reasons. There was a lot going on and really, I grew up all, all over the country, East coast, West coast. Um, and then, um, uh, finally when I was what 14 is when I finally moved in with my father. Um, and then (laughs) right when I moved in with him, I was like, okay, finally, we're going to be stable. You know, uh, we got money, we got a big house, you know, this is going to be great. And then I think like a month later, we ended up moving from Georgia all the way to Vegas. And I was like, motherfucker, man, like, like, (laughs) I don't even know why I bother, you know? So it was just like, every time I thought things were going to be okay now, yeah, it's like wrong, wrong, you know, and mm-hmm. then uh, I was already into the kind of that partying, doing drinking and I started drinking and doing drugs when I was like 12. Okay. So 
going there was just the worst thing ever because it's right. everywhere. It really progressed from there because yeah. of being in Vegas and, you know, go, I was in high school and then, you know, it just, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. I mean, even before I turned 21, I was already physically dependent on drinking. You know, yeah. I, I had to drink every day and it wasn't, I, I wouldn't even say it was like a, something I thought about. It was like, I just did drink every day. Right. And then when I didn't, things were like, I'd start getting kind of antsy and shakes. I, I kind of yep. always compared it to like someone that smokes a lot. It's like, if they don't smoke. Yeah. They can't, they can't maintain that level. So it was like, it was like that. I get that a hundred percent. I was the same. And like when you got, uh -huh. when you started drinking and using, was it for an escape or was it for uh, like, you know, were you escaping that, that feeling of like not having that stability in life or you know a place yeah i guess yeah the, i mean it really was anything other than the way that i felt or right. the reality that i was in was better yeah yeah even if it whether it was drugs and alcohol whether it was i i i, I did a lot of self-harm i used to cut myself I used to yeah. beat myself up and like burn mm -hmm. myself a lot of shit like that because for me that was that was the one thing i had control over you know yes. even though it was painful it's like i can do this to myself right. and I'm in control and no, nothing externally is doing this to me. I'm doing it. Yeah. So that always gave me a sense of, uh, taking that control back of, of mm -hmm. out of the chaos. And even though it was extremely destructive, it, it, it felt in many ways, very therapeutic too. Mm -hmm. Um, because Absolutely. I guess it, for myself, it was like, it's either that or taking it externally. You know, right. and I've I've always been more inclined to self-destruct than to destroy, try to destroy other people's lives. Um, I guess uh, they're both bad, but but at least I guess I feel if I'd rather. It's like somebody else didn't do it. Like, uh, yeah, it's my fault. So I'm, I'm responsible I'm, I'm, for this, and it is that control piece, like you mentioned. You know, it's it's something in your life that is that is under your control when everything else feels out of control, right? Yeah, and it yeah. wasn't, you know at the time and during all those years i didn't really recognize that's what it was yeah you know it just was like i know this makes me feel better or at least yep. it makes me feel different yes and um yeah it really gave me that sense of release of stress and tension and pain never bothered me because uh, i guess i don't think physical pain can compare to any kind of emotional pain you're absolutely you know, right. So yeah. that was, uh, that was, I think that for myself, it almost became my like superpowers. Like this, there's nothing physical that can hurt me. Right. So I'm going to use this to feel better. Yeah. Instead of, yeah. even though it was destroying my body and like doing a lot of harmful things, it was, it was the only thing that would help, you know? Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that I had something. I wish I would have had something more healthy at the turn. Sure. Yeah, but it could have it could have been a lot worse if I didn't have an outlet for that. Uh, it would have mm -hmm. went. It would have gone external, and I think it would have probably done some serious uh, damage. I can definitely relate to that. Um, I did a lot of those same things uh, in my younger years, and you know, now looking back at it, I can I can identify it. It was I needed to feel something, and I needed to feel like you mentioned that control piece was really really yeah. important for me because everything else around me was out of my control. And it was mm -hmm. all negative stuff. And I, even though the pain of hurting myself, the destruction I was doing with drugs and alcohol to my body as well, mm -hmm. I, I was responsible for it. I got to choose if I 
if I ingested that or if I cut myself or if I hurt myself. Um, yeah. And it, it, that was the only thing in life that I did have any control over. And, um, yeah. and I clung to that for a lot of years. Yeah. And it was uh, feeling like it was the one thing that was mine. I was like, yeah. this is mine. It's not yours. You can't tell yeah. me what to do with it. It's mine. And I'm going right. to do whatever I want with it. The, uh, I mean, fortunately, I, start, I stopped cutting myself and doing all that when I was around 18. Um, mm-hmm. One of my uh, ex-girlfriends was like, why are you just cutting yourself? Why don't you just go get tattoos or do something like that? And I'm like, well, yeah. that's not really fucking the same thing. But I did start getting tattoos. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of fucking stupid. And I just kind of moved that to something else. You know, I started getting the tattoos and stuff. I mean, I was still drinking and doing all that, but I stopped, I stopped with the self harm as far as Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Obviously I was still drinking and doing drugs. So the harm was still happening for sure. Um, But I stopped with that kind of thing when I was like 18, which was good. Um, But it didn't really take away from all the other stuff. So it (laughs) didn't necessarily help a lot, but yeah. So, but then the, um, the alcohol really progressed from the time I was like 16 on just got okay. kept getting worse and worse and worse. And it was just, and all, all my friends, I mean, they were the same way. They were just, we would just drink every single day. It was just right. Yeah. Yep. You know, just hammering forties all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I worked, um, I worked in the casinos cause I was, I was doing a caricature caricature art. Um, so I could just go on my break and get a beer and it's not right. like nobody fucking cares. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you can walk around totally, on the street with it, right? It's totally normal. So it really, yeah. it helped in a lot of ways. Um, that lifestyle in Vegas almost normalizes that. Sure. You know, where it yeah. doesn't seem weird to be drinking at yeah. noon, you know, having lunch. Right. People Is are on vacation you? and, you know, yeah. you're in Vegas. You're constantly surrounded by that kind of mentality um Mm -hmm. and outlook so you think it's totally normal and it feels normal and it feels abnormal not to do it i bet this episode of the authentic adversity podcast is brought to you and sponsored by another road drug and alcohol treatment center another road offers a client-centered recovery program tailored to every individual's circumstances their focus is to create a supportive healing environment rather than a rigid, rule-based institution. Their dedicated commitment upholds the individual values respecting each person's desire for recovery. Another Road understands that every individual requires a unique and focused approach to their recovery. Certain modalities of treatment are introduced along with the tools necessary for each client. Located in a rural setting, their addiction treatment center for all genders provides the perfect setting for a transformative recovery experience and sense of belonging. The private residential treatment facility offers an unparalleled program with counselors that have in-depth knowledge based on varying years of experience in addiction. Another Road utilizes unique individual focus plans for recovery that address the complexities of drug addiction, alcoholism, and prescription medication misuse. They have a 65% success rate when clients follow their program. I know many people who have completed this program and they have absolutely rave reviews. To learn more, visit anotherroad.ca. So I, I grew up, I always loved fighting, um, martial arts, boxing, that kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was always very, very athletic, but I hated, I hated team sports, like with a passion. I, yeah. I despised, I despised having to rely on other people. So I never really pushed myself to excel in team sports. I, I love okay. playing them. And then, uh, you know, on the outside of the actual team, like just hanging out with friends. I, I mean, I love, I love to compete physically and, and play stuff like that, but I never really liked the team thing. So um, I never pushed myself in that regard. And then by the time I was in high school, I was like, dude, I don't want to fucking like do this shit anymore. And I hated yeah. kind of the mentality, the athlete jock mentality. There was from everything I was exposed to it was always very negative and <laughs> a lot of yeah. shitheads. And, you know, obviously my perspective was skewed uh, for various reasons. Um, but sure. we but always, I, I mean, I, I was, yeah. And I, but I always got along with everyone. I could have, at least acquaintances and basically every group of people everywhere. I was, I've always mm-hmm. been that kind of person where I, I never necessarily felt like I fit into a group, but I could, okay. I could get along with just about everybody, you know, from yeah. the athletes to the fucking stoners, to the metalheads, yeah. to the nerds, you know, I, right. I've, I've always been that kind of person. I think that a lot of that comes from just growing up in so many different places and um, different kinds of lifestyles but i also think I, i've always been that that kind of person yeah i can imagine if you're moving around and you're being uprooted so much it's like you you have to find inroads everywhere you go so it's almost like you you might to a degree do a lot of people pleasing to 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 mm. almost like okay i can fit in with these people but then i can kind of be the chameleon and go to this group and be another person and 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 that sort of thing i mean i was that way for sure yeah yeah well for myself it was more i i think i just understood people more so and was not judgmental of people not not necessarily Hmm. that i with each group i fit in like oh i'm gonna be this way now and i'm gonna be this way i would just i was just like i'm me you're you i don't need to be that you don't need to be this i've always been just open to different yeah that's cool people and lifestyles and yeah, I think there, there's a variety of reasons for that. Again, growing up everywhere, I think my parents were that way as well. You know, not right. very judgmental or, um, you know, put this uh, perception of certain types of people. You know, I, 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 never, yeah. I never really had that or I never really even understood that <laughs> until I started seeing it a lot more. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Like, why, why does everybody <laughs> hate each other? <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, everyone's just people, right? Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, so like I said, I always loved fighting. Anytime I saw boxing fights and things like that, I was like, oh, I'd love, I'd love to do that one day, which is people don't know it now, wouldn't recognize it now, but I was extremely shy, especially once my parents divorced, I like completely shut down. I didn't speak mm. hardly ever. I mean, mo- most people think I'm a really quiet person, but I used to just, I would never say a word ever wow. to anyone i was very quiet and uh shy and uh definitely like i said i was i was physical in the guard that like I, I could be athletic but i wasn't an aggressive well i wasn't mm-hmm. i was an aggressive athlete but i wasn't that kind of violent like oh that that you should go fight you know so that was it was so far from what you would think you weren't out there catching street fights and like no, you know, and you know, like you know. a lot of my friends were like one of my, I remember one of my buddies in Colorado, like this kid would get into fights like every week. Yeah. And there was something out that always intrigued me by it, but I, I hated to see people upset though. Like I hated that. I hated that. I really yeah. like it. It hurt me to see other people hurting 
I love to see there was something about the the actual violence of it uh, subtracted from the emotional uh, anger about it, you know. Right. And then when I saw fighting on TV, I was like, oh, you don't actually have. I mean, even though you know a lot of people play into the emotional aspect of it, you don't have to be angry. It doesn't have to be yeah. a personal thing, you know. Right. And I think I think that's why I was always drawn to it, and it always intrigued me a lot. But it, again, it did seem so far from anything that I could or would ever do, but it was always in the back of my mind, you know? Yeah. So when I first moved to Vegas, 14, 15, is the first time I ever saw Muay Thai. I was watching ESPN at uh, like two o'clock in the morning and they used to show all these old Muay Thai and like kickboxing and they would do karate. You know, they'd show a lot of just random stuff like that. And the announcer comes on, he's like, all right, this next fight is a Muay Thai bout between blah, 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 blah. And I'd never heard of Muay Thai ever. I didn't right. even know what it was. And then when I saw those two Thai guys fight, I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. Dude. Yeah. Because as I said, I always thought about maybe boxing, but I love martial arts so much. Mm-hmm. And I never saw any real real fighting when it came to martial arts. It's always point sparring, forms, right. not fighting like boxers fight. You know. Yeah. And then when I saw that, I was like, that's it. That is it right there. It's like if I'm ever gonna do this, I'm gonna fucking do that shit right there. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was so, so it just like lit this fire in me, man. I was like all about it. But at the, again, at the same time, I was already had all my doubts and fears, and then on top of my drinking and everything else, I was like, right, I'm not really gonna fucking do that. <laughs> like, yeah, I want, I want to, but what it would take for me to do that, like, this shit ain't gonna happen. I, yep. I've always been an all or nothing kind of guy, you know, good mm-hmm. and bad. So when I'm drinking, I'm, I'm drinking everything yeah. in the house. Um, so <laughs> when it comes to doing something new, I'm not just going to half-ass it. You know, I, I don't right. ever do that. So if I'm going to go after something, I'm, I'm going to go after it. And, and I knew I wasn't ready to do that, but um, I actually went down and met with um, um, one of the schools, uh, Master Toddy's where I started, um, I actually okay. went down and talked to them back in 90, I think it was 98. I went down there uh, and I talked to one of the trainers uh, and he was like, all right, I was like, I want to I fight and what's it going to take? Or, uh, I, I knew that my quickest way to get into the ring would be to take private lessons, you know, one-on-one training. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, all right, how much is that? And then he told me, I'm like, all right, fuck, <laughs> that ain't going to fucking happen. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, well, maybe I can take the classes and then once in a while take private lessons. But even the classes was like, I, I mean, I don't have any fucking money, you know, like I can't afford yeah. this. So I left just feeling very defeated. But at the same time, it almost justified not doing this because like, well, I can't afford it, you know, so okay. regardless, you know, I didn't have to think about, oh, I'm too scared to do this. And like, what if I fail? I was like, oh, I can't afford right. it. So I, don't, I didn't even have to think about that. You know, so Isn't I just it funny kinda, how we do that. Like, we can't afford yeah. the thing that will be healthy for us that we that we we're daydreaming about all the time. But somehow we manage to afford to drink all day every day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. weird how that works, right? Yeah, yeah. like most things uh, in life, it's uh, really just about everything. It's wh- where are you putting your time and energy into, and where yeah. you, what's what are you using that for that you could be using towards the thing that you actually want to do? It's not to say that you don't have time. You have time. You're just not using it right. And you have money. You're just right. not using it right. And, and all Absolutely. of those other aspects. So uh, that all does come down to that uh, accountability and um, 
you know, looking, looking what you can do, not, not what's external about why you can't make it or, or whatever else. It's like, yeah, maybe those things are true, but what are you doing first? If you can start there, now you, now you really know what you can and can't do. But if you're not even willing to go there, then it's just this fake external thing. Oh, I can't make it because X, Y, and Z. And it just right. justifies why, why we never go after things when it all just comes down to, we're just making excuses for ourselves. Yeah. So anyway, I put it in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, it can't happen. Um, and I just tried to forget about it. And then anytime I'd see a fight, it was like, psh, like that flame back in my <laughs> shit. Yeah. And it was almost as if I knew subconsciously that I was not going after this because I was afraid. So I would have to suppress it that much harder each time. Each time. Okay. Anytime I would see a fight, I'm like drinking harder, you know, just, just like, just trying to like suffocate that. It was like this dream inside of me or this seed right. that had been planted. I was trying to just bury it till I never thought okay. about it again. Um, and I thought that I had, <laughs> I just completely stopped it. I, it was so far from the realm of possibility that it was just like, yeah, well, that was just a stupid fucking not never going to happen dream. Like what's the yeah. point? You weren't going to make it anyway. So right then, um, 99, one of my best friends passed away. He actually had been born with a, a heart defect and he didn't get the transplant and ended up passing away. And he was actually the only person I'd ever told about this dream I had of, of fighting. And I'd never right. spoken it to a single person ever. I never dared to speak it out loud. And uh, years prior to that, he'd been up on his roof, hanging out, drinking, just me and him. And he just asked me out of the blue. He's like, hey, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like okay. 17 at the time. And we're drinking. I'm like, who asks a question like that? Like, what? Yeah what kid asks especially a kid like me would ask right, a right. question like that i'm like what are you talking about man what does that even mean what am i going to do i never i never really thought i was going to live very long you know so yeah. i never really i never even thought about the future like there wasn't going to be a future in my mind so that was just like yeah. this crazy stupid question like what are you going to mm -hmm. do with your what are you going to do when you're 100 what right are you talking about man and uh for whatever reason, I told him, I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to, I've always wanted to fight. I thought he was going to laugh his ass off. So like, yeah. fucking like die, die laughing. And again, like I said before, if you knew me back then, you would understand why you would have done that. But he didn't laugh. And, and he, he said, I think you should. I think you should do it. He's like, if anybody can do it, you can. I don't know why he said hmm. that. I don't know why he thought that. Um, but it really encouraged me. And I... Even just in that brief moment, I thought about what if, you know, maybe I could, okay. you know, but yeah. it, and then it's like right he saw something in you that you couldn't, you couldn't yeah. see in yourself. And he, I was like, like, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know why he would have thought that or said that talking to some of my friends from back then. Now that they, they always said there was something different inside yeah. of me and they, 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 right. they don't, they didn't know what it was, but there was something very different. Okay. Anyway, so when he passed away, the night he passed away, um, we're all getting fucking hammered and trying to deal with our emotions that way. And, you know, I, I promised myself, I was like, all right, I'm going to go after this dream. I was like, yeah. my friend didn't get a chance to, he didn't even get a chance to fail at a dream. And here I am too afraid to even try just because right. what I, I have no excuses anymore. You know, like yeah. 
he didn't get to do shit, man. And I, I had to, mm. even if I'm not doing it for myself, I have to do it for him. I yeah. gotta live, I gotta live my life for, for him. Um, and uh, unfortunately his death just sent all of us just off the edge of the cliff. We we're already barely mm-hmm. hanging on as it was. And then it got really, really, really awful after that. And, um, a bunch of my friends went to jail, died, car wrecks and DUI. Yeah. It was really bad. And then, um, going into uh the end of 2002 there was just this series of it was like a month long every every other day every other week something really bad happened somebody died somebody went to jail mm-hmm. somebody got a dui i almost got of I, I got pulled over doing like a hundred and something one night fucking hammered out of my mind and for whatever reason yeah. uh the cop let me go um and wow but for some reason, when he pulled me over, I, felt I was very calm. I was just totally fine with it. And um, anyway, he ended up letting me go. I never drove drunk ever again from that time forward. Thank God. Wow. Because I got away yeah. with it for, for so many years. And, and that was the last time I ever did that. Um, but but there was these uh, successive series of events happening where I was like, you better wake up. You better wake up. Like, How many chances yeah. do you think you're going to get? Yeah. It's almost like, you know, I hate to use the word the universe, but something is is trying to tell us something mm-hmm. and they're throwing all this shit at us. Yeah. And it's saying like, you're going the wrong way. You're going yeah. completely in the wrong direction. You got to move. You got to switch it up. You got to like redirect your life. Right. I, I had the really quite, quite similar. The last few years of my drinking and using career was, you know, I was losing friends every month you know uh-huh. i was i was getting thrown in jail i was getting you know caught chased by the cops i was getting you know it was all these things that i always said was never going to happen to me i'm not <laughs> an addict i'm not an alcoholic because i haven't done that all the shit was happening to me yeah and it was like like i said like something's telling me go the other way yeah you know? yeah 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 i mean i always knew i was an alcoholic but um I, you know it is that uh sense of oh that's probably not going to happen you know, but, yeah. but eventually it was like, the numbers are coming up and eventually your yeah. numbers coming up. So I, I saw the chain of events that were happening. I saw mm-hmm. all these things that were happening to my friends. Um, yeah. And so that really, that, that started part of the wake up call, but there was still another like year or two. Um, but I stopped yeah. drinking and driving, which started to limit my opportunities to go out because i wouldn't get i wouldn't get in the car without anyone else who was drinking and driving either okay you know so that really limited my going out on the town or anything like that so it was always like i'm gonna stay home and drink by myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so that kind of yeah stay safe that's where that started (laughs) and uh um, as i said earlier i never i never thought i was gonna live very long and for whatever reason something in my head told me i'd never see the year 2000 I don't know what it was. Mm. I don't know why, but uh, we were actually going to a New Year's party uh, right before going into 2000. So January or December 31st, 1999. Mm-hmm. We're like an hour from New Year's. Um, my one of my buddies, Joe, he uh, used to have this hot rod fucking uh, Mustang. He used to race all the time, and uh, so we were driving to a party. It was. He was driving. I was in the backseat. My buddy Pat was sitting in the front and his uh, Corvette pulls up wanting to race. It's like, all right. So we fucking like take off. We're like flying down the street, getting up to like 150. And then um, 
up ahead, there's a, an intersection. It was, it was way in the distance. Um, so I didn't think anything of it. We had a green light. But eventually the light turns yellow and we're getting closer. And then right. I realize we're not fucking slowing down. And then all of a sudden the light goes red and the oh, cars start yeah. going through and we're not slowing down. And in that moment, I was like, this is, this is it. This is that moment that you're going to die because I knew yeah. I wasn't going to make it. And right as we're going into the intersection, he takes a hard right turn. His car's fishtailing out in the intersection. Wheels are spinning. I look out the back of the car and there's this semi truck about to fucking oh. plow right through us. I'm like, I'm on the front. Oh my God. And right at that moment, his tires caught and just barely, barely, barely kept it from oh, hitting damn. us. And we take off and, um, yeah, and then go off into the night. And um, it was another one of those wake up calls. Like that, mm-hmm. that was one of the ones where it was like, you're not supposed to be here now. Yeah. You know, right. and it still took me another fuck three years to actually turn my life around. But all of those things eventually accumulated to where I realized you're not supposed to be here anyway. You promised your friend you'd start living for two. And what have you done for the last three years? Right. Fucking jack shit. Not only have you not done better, you've done so much worse. So yeah. much worse. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't, I just couldn't look myself in the mirror anymore knowing that Mm -hmm. you know i couldn't pretend i wasn't doing that anymore i couldn't ignore it any longer i was like you are doing this and you do have a choice all those all that all that victim mentality shit went out the windows like you have a choice all those other things you couldn't have any control over but you're choosing to drink every day you're choosing to live in depression and feel sorry for yourself and not go after things because of you're just making fucking excuses for yourself and i just i just couldn't do it anymore i couldn't do it anymore and uh the first week of january 2003 uh, is when i walked back back into the gym and got started and just that's where i went from there on forward when you walked back into the gym had you made like the decision that I'm not drinking and using anymore. Um, I made the decision that, that every that? every single thing I'm doing from this point forward is to mm-hmm. go in the opposite direction. I knew. Yeah. I was like, I don't know where it goes. I don't know what's going to happen. I know what the other right. direction leads to. So yeah. I took, I really took the debate out of my mind. There wasn't yeah. a choice anymore. Well, there was a choice, but it was only, you're only going left or you're only going right. There's right. no in between. There's no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of half-ass it. Um, yeah. it was, you're either going hundred percent this way, or you're going hundred percent the other way. And I, and I knew where that other direction led. So I want to do everything in my power to go the other way. So for myself getting started and everything I had to put into this sport was my rehab. I never even, I didn't even think about drinking. I, I didn't, right. I couldn't think about shit else. Like this was, it. Yeah. you know, I had no time. Or energy there it's not like there's times i'm like sitting around it's like if i'm sitting around yeah. i'm doing something to get better at that i'm, I'm watching fights yeah. i'm training um i'm doing everything in my power i'm studying i'm doing whatever i can so i'm starting to i'm trying to get my health back i'm, I'm running I'm, I'm doing all that so it consumed yeah. me 24 hours a day there was no yeah. there was no time for anything else you know and there right. was there was no debate about it either because yeah i i viewed everything and I have viewed everything from 2004 as extra credit. Like you're not supposed to be here anyway. 
what are you going to do with this time that you have anytime right that's why anytime there was like really fucking crazy fights or situations like that it took a lot of the fear out of it it's not to say i didn't have fear to say i realized there's it doesn't matter if there's fear what are you going to do about it it doesn't matter how you feel you're either going left or you're going right there's no debate there's oh i'm scared i don't i don't i don't know if i can it's like i am going this way whatever's in the whatever's going to get in my way i'm going through it i'm gonna go around it i'm gonna go under it or i'm gonna hang out with it but i'm not going i'm not going back I think that's important for a lot of people to know that that may be kind of teetering on that edge of, you know, giving up a certain lifestyle and, 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 well, I think a lot of people are scared, first of all, to give up whatever their vice is, drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex, whatever, whatever that thing is for them, because what is life going to be like without it? But when you have something like that, that you can pour everything into, as you said, you, you become obsessed with this healthy outlet and yeah. there's no room there's no room for that other vice anymore. And you know, mm-hmm. as you said, like there, it's left or right. You know yeah. what happens if you go left. You've been going left long enough. Keep going right. That's the, yeah. that's the right direction. That's that's where you need to go. And and in a non-negotiable kind of way, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're going to have shitty days. You're going to have. Yeah, like things are going to happen. Not every day is going to be great. It's going to be so fucking hard. But the hardest day on you know, going in this direction is a lot easier than it was when we, when we went left. Right. It's so, I mean, it's better. It's a lot better is what it is. (laughs) It's definitely better. No matter how bad it gets. um, Yeah. It's all, it's always going to be better going in that direction. As you said, the hardest, the, the worst and hardest day doing what you love, or at least going in that direction is, yeah, is better than the best day not doing that. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's completely uh, separates that and, and takes a lot of that away. And it, it really ch- completely alters your perception of reality in a lot of ways. Like you don't yeah. even understand because we're looking, we're looking through the, this, these lenses when we're, when we're in a certain lifestyle and we think this is all, this is what reality is, you know, right. and there's no, it's so hard to even see anything different than that until you make that choice and take those shades off and start looking yeah. the other way. And you realize, I mean, that's, that's in all, all of life too. It, there's, yeah. there's a million different realities going on, depending on what you're looking at, what you're surrounded by, who you're listening mm-hmm. to, yeah. uh, what, what your diet's like, all these things change the lenses that are in front of your eyes. Um, and we, we all think we're looking at this unbiased reality that we're all, interacting with it in the same way we're all looking at completely different things for sure you know and i think yeah. that's what that's what uh messes a lot of us up is the fact that we think we're all looking at the same shit coming to different conclusions we're not looking at the same thing not even a little bit exactly everyone's looking through a different lens and everyone's perception is completely different so their reality you know my reality is much different than what your reality is and we you know yeah. our our perception is not is not the same but you know as you said you know um if you have that if you widen that view you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and you actually like stop pigeonholing yourself into this this life that isn't going your way and you realize because i know for myself when i gave up drugs and alcohol i I was convinced that no that everybody out there that was going to work on a nine to five was faking it that they were all going to pick up that they were fucked up that they (laughs) i was convinced that the rest of the world lived like i did 
Well, a lot of them do. <laughs> well, yeah, very true. But but I mean, I, everyone, I just didn't everyone. know. Well, I didn't know that there was. A, I didn't know that recovery was actually possible. And yeah. B, I thought, what kind of fun is it going to be? What am I going to do? This is my life. Yeah. This is what I do. This is who I am. Drugs, yeah. alcohol. That's what I think I'm good at, you know? Mm. And then when I actually kind of cross that bridge and, and get to the other side and realize all the things that are available to me and how much better my life could be, um, you know, the communities that I can be involved in, the supportive networks that I can have around me through things like fighting, you know, working out, eating right, um, you know, mm -hmm. just hanging out at normal places instead of hanging out in dope houses and bars. Yeah. I was forced to change because I was putting myself in these places with all these people doing healthy things. And, you know, I um, I was really surprised and, and, and pleasantly surprised when I realized that life without that without addiction or drugs and alcohol in it actually was so much better you know yeah and uh yeah. and it can be exciting you know like as i said at the beginning like I, I went in you know i walked into the muay thai gym i have a thai aunt and like she's always she used to always play muay thai fights for me and her brothers were fighters over there and oh, um yeah. so i was always kind of like enamored by it as well but wow. same thing i always thought there's no way i could never do that and quite frankly i'm scared <laughs> I wasn't a scrappy kid. I wasn't yeah. a fighter. I wasn't nothing like that. When I realized that like, okay, I can go in here and train and it's actually people are welcoming. People want to see you succeed. People are like, mm -hmm. you know, your, your biggest cheerleaders or fans are your teammates. And, you know, to see that, that world, it was like, I, I didn't know it existed, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so that to me, was like a major, major change. And um, I mean, it, it sounds like the same for you and, and you became, you know, ob obsessed with it to the yeah. point where there was no room for anything else. Um, what mm. was that like for you? Um, how old were you when you started? 23. 23. Yeah. And going from going from the lifestyle you were leading to, you know, serious training and like, was it something that you picked up on quickly or was it like an everyday challenge? And Yeah, I mean, I picked I picked up on it. I've, as I said, I've always been athletic. Um, yeah. Even when I was drinking and partying, like I was always working out and not yeah. really working out. Like, yeah, I'd work out once in a while or we'd go play football and, you right. know, casually doing physical things. So it's not like I was just a loaf sitting on the couch or anything. But um, yeah, so anything, anything physical, I've always been able to kind of do at least to the level of being competitive like any right. sport i ever picked up like i can play it enough to where this will be fun <laughs> for yeah, us like, yeah. I, I might not be very good but but i'll at least make it in, enjoyable um so yeah it was it was just like this brand new world had been opened up and i was just trying to absorb as much as i could because a i knew how late i had started and then b and c b i knew how much of my life i had wasted which i was trying yeah. to make up for and then yeah. see how unlikely it was, how far was, not only how far I was behind, but I knew how far like America was behind the global right. scene. So everything was playing catch up. You know, there was no okay. room for taking it easy or taking days yeah. off or I set my sights on just the impossible. So yeah. everything I'm doing is trying to catapult me higher and higher and higher and higher. I'm going to dive into the deep end of every single thing that I do. I'm going to 
I'm going to train as hard as possible. I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me as much as possible. Um, yeah. And that, because I took all that debate about fear and everything else, it was just like, what can we do to be the best that we can be? And I'm like, okay. yeah. And I think that's why I also progressed as quickly as I did, because every moment of every day was geared towards this in my mind, in my body, in my spirit. I was catapulting myself ahead of everybody else because I was I was doing so much more and I was so much more focused and driven that, you know, within just a couple of months, people thought I'd been doing it for years and years. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. So, I mean, you, you must have started fighting like soon after you, you probably were like antsy to get your first fights. And yeah. stuff. Well, again, I, st when I started, I was like, I want to fight. This is the only reason mm -hmm. I'm doing this. I'm not doing this yeah. to be a good martial artist or any of that other stuff. Uh, that yeah. was secondary. I was like, I'm doing this only to get in the ring. I'm not. And I didn't think any far past that. I didn't even know what was beyond that. I was like, I need to get in the ring. What do I need to do to get in the ring? So right. um, every day I was like, when do I get the fight? When do I get the fight? When do I get the fight? Yeah, and, yeah. And finally, uh, nine months in is when I had my first fight. And um, we went up to uh, Salt Lake City. And um, the guy I was supposed to fight ended up coming in heavy. So they matched him up with one of the other guys I trained with who was a little bit bigger than me. Um, okay. But then I didn't have a fight, and I was fucking just devastated, dude. Because it was like right. nine months of just twenty-four hours a day, get going yeah. towards this. Like, when do I get to do this? Um, my family had driven up with me. Gina had come up mm. with me, and then they were just like, uh, "We don't have anybody for you." And um, the uh, the promoter, or the gym owner, he was like, "All right, let me see what I can do. Let me see if I can find somebody to." um come in last minute um so we left um uh, and uh just feeling devastated and then uh yeah he's like all right well i could only find one person he's already had 20 fights and he's got 20 pounds on you <laughs> no shit oh fuck. i was like so, so wait like, the guy came in overweight your original partner came in or your original yeah, matchup so came the, in overweight was, then he put you 20 pounds over 20 pounds so the first guy came in like five pounds heavy yeah yeah <laughs> i'm like this is bullshit um but i was i like i didn't give a fuck man i, I was like mm -hmm. i didn't care how right you could be 200 pounds i, I didn't care i didn't even just think about it you know it wasn't yeah. even a, a, a question or a doubt in my mind so i actually ended up having to they needed me to get to as close to his weight as possible. So I had to go in there. I pounded all a gallon of water, ate all this food, put all these clothes on, had my boots on. I think I was still like five or 10 pounds underweight. Uh, but they, right. they were like, all right, we just need you to get closer. When I started, I was progressing so rapidly, you know? So yeah. I, in my mind, assumed this is what happens when you start going after something positive and something you want right. everything's going to just open up and it's going to be great <laughs> everything's <laughs> everything's going to work out from here so i was like i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna smash this fucking guy and i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm gonna catapult right to the top you know i'm just gonna keep on right. going the way i've been going and uh i he i fucking got stomped out so bad i went out there i completely <laughs> gassed out in like 30 seconds because you know it's like your first fight you just go fucking mm -hmm. ape shit and uh yep. And I did, and knowing how big he was, how much experience he had, I, I was like, I just got to go at this fucking guy. 
and Hoping I did. For a lucky it, knockout or something. It was like like 30 seconds in, it was like completely mm-hmm. drained, like felt like I was underwater, and he just fucking grabbed me up and need the shit out of me for yep for three rounds. Finally, mercifully, they put they put a stop to the fight at the end of the third round. I was fucking crushed, man. I was like, fuck, man. I was like, every, I thought I thought I was going the right way. I thought right. that everything was going to work out from here. And then I went out there. I fucking embarrassed myself. It, like, it had nothing to do with me that, like, he was huge and <laughs> he yeah. had all this experience. Yeah. I was like, I should have beaten him anyway. You know, I should have right. beaten him anyway. I actually, like walked to the back i'm all like beaten up and bloody and like plopped down and it just felt completely crushed man it felt like everything all my dreams had just been destroyed in that fucking moment and and i was like maybe i was wrong maybe i can't do this maybe all those things that i thought were gonna happen and all those reasons i didn't go after this were true and i should have listened to myself right right yeah and it was it was fucking horrible man it was this horrible feeling and my opponent actually comes in and he's like, dude, that was your first fight. Fuck man. He's like, (laughs) it's like, I don't want to see you in like a year from now. Um, Right. Right. Yeah. Which I mean, it it made me feel good and it encouraged me, but at the same time I was just like stuck in the the weight of just feeling like I was wrong about everything. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, uh, when we were driving back to Vegas, I'm sitting there with it in those same, um, thoughts and feelings I had prior was like, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, all those, yeah. all those excuses you had prior and everything and all the promises you made to your friends, like nothing matters. Like these things are going to happen. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to let this destroy you? Or are you going to use this right. as fuel to get better and to get stronger? And yeah. I realized, I realized like all those other things, like you have a choice to make. What are you going right. to do with it? It doesn't matter what happened. It matters what are you going to do with it? And I was like, all right, well, I have a choice to make and I know which way I'm fucking going. So yeah. I got in the gym the next day. First thing I did is walked up to my chair. I'm like, when do I get the fight again? And then I fucking got to work, man. And it was just, it was that much more fuel for me. I was like, I'm never going to fucking let that shit happen to me ever, ever again. Yeah. And it should, it actually, it, fortunately it showed me very early on, even though it was my first fight and I gassed out is, that feeling of gassing out it's like yeah. i don't ever want to feel that ever ever again in my whole fucking life so that's yep. why it was, it's from that point forward my conditioning has always been my number one priority beyond anything else because i know right. as long as i at least have that then i really know where i'm sitting you know because anything else is like yeah. well you didn't train hard enough you weren't in good enough shape I'm like i already knew how much i had working against me with my age um uh, the country I was in, my lack of experience. I need right. to do everything in my power, in my conditioning, in my cardio. That's one thing I have control over. And it yeah. was, and it was also yeah. something I saw so many people half-ass and still, and I'll have yeah. throughout my whole fucking career. I'm like, I don't understand why you guys don't train harder because that's the one thing you have control over. Like how right. good a shape you're in. And you you're going to, I mean, no matter, no matter how good a shape you're in, like this shit's fucking hard and you get tired and you know, I want yep. to, I want to be at the peak level uh, of conditioning that way. Anything externally is just other external factors. Like that's something I have, I will always have control over that. I don't yeah. have control over who I'm facing necessarily the injuries, the sicknesses, all those other things. 
I can control how good a shape I'm in and how good a shape I maintain. And I don't take time off and, you know, I don't let myself get fat and things like that. You know, I need to uh, always be pushing that envelope as hard as I can for as long as I can, because uh, just like I knew all this is extra credit to me, I know that every day can be my last. It can be my last day alive, but it can also, it can be my last day fighting. You know, anything can happen. So I've always, I've always known that. And I've always, Mm -hmm um approached not only fighting but uh, my life in that aspect because i know that i'm not supposed to be here because there's so many things that happen but i mean when you look at it none of us should be here like what are you doing with the time that you have because tomorrow it might be it we just don't think it's going to happen but it more than likely will happen before you want it to for sure for sure i mean yeah i think about that every morning um, mm-hmm. I've been forced to, because I, I was much like yourself. I, I, I gave, I had, you know, you said you had the year 2000 in your mind and I had the age 35 in mind oh. and I got sober before I was 35. Um, I'm 45 now. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm the same way. I look at every day as like a bonus because I didn't expect to be here. And had I kept going in the direction I was going, I certainly would not still be here. Um, I know that as fact, like I was, I was actively trying to kill myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so every morning I have to, I mean, as part of my recovery, it's part of my, my, just my routine. If I'm not grateful for waking up in the morning and having another 24 hours ahead of me to do something and, and better myself in one way, shape or form yeah. and actually like give back in some way, help another person, you know, um, mm-hmm. be kind, be compassionate, be all that stuff. You know, I've, 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 I've wasted that time and I don't want to ever look back and think I, I wasted enough time in an in active addiction. Yeah. I never want to look back and say, I wasted the, you know, I wasted the years when I was sober. So every day I think it's very much the same as you, you know, like, yeah. um, I gotta be always progressing. I always gotta be, you know, keeping, you know, everything moving forward. I don't want to stagnate in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fortunately, yeah. so many of the things and the lessons that you learn in, in fighting are relevant to every other aspect of life. Um, yeah. It, it really uh, magnifies those 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 things we, we need to know in life, but uh, they're not as as immediately relevant as they are when you, when you're training and when you're fighting. Yeah where you have to, you have to con- conf- confrontate or <laughs> confront these things all the time. Yeah. Um, these doubts, these fears, these physical things, uh, these emotional yeah. things, these battles that we all go through on a daily basis, um, you're forced to address them constantly, constantly, constantly. Uh, and it's, it's yeah. good because it keeps you sharp and it keeps you focused. And um, as long as you can transfer that into the other areas of your life and continue to do so, um, you know, it's because the process is always the same for everything that we do in life. We just think that it's different because the details are different, but it, the right. path is always the same. You got to go for this way. Uh, yeah. when bad things happen, you got to adjust, you got to get stronger, you got to get better. Um, right. You know, you have to, uh, expect adversity. Um, yep. you know, it's all, it's all the same shit. You have to be, you have to continually daily, moment to moment be pushing this forward because if you're not pushing forward you're going backwards anything you want to be good at apply that to yeah you'll at least get be better than you were for sure let's talk about what you're doing you know now with you know in life and you know you're um 
are, you're an author so yeah. are you writing a book or have you written like, is it done yeah um so <laughs> i've actually been writing my autobiography for a long time i can't I, yeah. it was it was hard when when i'd have fights coming up because i just couldn't focus on anything but that yeah. you know so it's always just been something that's been on the back burner i do what i can when i can and yeah i've written two other books um okay but my my actual autobiography that's that's one of it's it's like a lifelong process i don't know if i'll ever be done <laughs> well you know and that's not something that i mean that's a that's kind of a it's not something that you you know you you sit down and you just jot things down like you got to go deep into some of the things that maybe you you haven't looked at for a long time and it's yeah. it's emotionally draining to to go yeah. to those places right yeah so actually when i when i was um getting ready for my retirement fight um i had to i had to completely stop writing because yeah because of that reason it was really you know it you go through a lot thinking about that your life and the good and the bad yeah. and it's it's draining it's 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 emotionally yeah. draining and if every ounce of yourself has to be getting put towards this uh, dangerous thing you're about to do, you, you can't do that. So I put it down yeah. uh, before my retirement fight and I've been trying to pick it back up. It, it's so difficult though, because it's one of those things, once you're immersed in it, it's it's a little bit easier. Just pick it up, put it down, you know, right here, right yeah. there. But trying to like get back into it, I'm like yeah. really struggling to do that. But it's, it's on the... Uh, it's on top of my priority list to do that. And, and it is one of those things that I don't put a timeline on it or a, a, a date I need to finish it by. Cause at, at its core, all of my stuff that I do, I'm like, I do it for myself. I'm not doing this yeah. through like, Oh, I want to write this book that everybody reads and everybody buys. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. But I need to like it first and it needs yeah. to be the way that I want it to be. Uh, just like my artwork and things like that is I, I do it for me and then hopefully other people like it too, but I don't do it for you. Right. I think that's good. And especially with an autobiography, I mean, it's your lens is changing daily and yeah. the way you remember things is, you know, the way um, I think emotionally, the way if I go back to times in my life today, I might feel a certain way about it, but a week from now I might feel different about it. So it's probably a, a constant, as you said, like kind of work in progress that yeah. like really, yeah, there, there ne really should never be an end to an autobiography, but like, you <laughs> know, it's but, over. It's over. yeah, but, but I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. But I think that self um, reflection and like kind of going back into some of that stuff and really dissecting it and, you know, having to put it in words and look at it in black and white on paper. Yeah. Um, that does something too, right? Like, I think there's, uh -huh. that's a form of therapy. Yeah. Um, I believe for yeah. myself, when I'm writing about my past, it's like, for sure. it's therapeutic. And I'm, I get to investigate things that I, uh, I'm only today able to look at with like through compassionate lens or through, you know, yeah. it, rather than judging the things that I did or who I was, or, you know, which was something I would have done in the past. And, mm. you know, I'm always trying to, to look at at these things that happened in my life and yeah almost kind of dissect it in a way that you know who i am today looking at that person at that 20 year old kid that was fucking his life up yeah you know um i used to be upset with him i used to be you know but now i could be compassionate towards him and i could be kind towards him and kind of loving yeah. in my in the way i write about it and um and the way i reflect about it and I, and i really do feel like it's um 
you know, when I sit down with that stuff and, and really put pen to paper, I, I do feel like it's a, a like a personal therapy session and, um, it really helps. It really helps me progress to that sort of next stage in my life, or that you know, kind of get that one percent better. Yeah. Um, after I do that, so you know, I'd imagine that writing a whole autobiography is it can be quite therapeutic, but as you said, also emotionally draining and yeah, you know, time consuming yeah. for sure too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll know when it's done if it's ever done, and yeah, I'm not. Uh, it's not. I'm not in a rush. I just want to get back. I want it to be a a regular thing that I do. Um, yeah. Regardless of where it goes, it, um, it, it's nice to revisit a lot of that stuff and, you know, keep it, keep it fresh. So you do also a lot of, a lot of speaking and, and podcast and, and this sort of thing. And, um, yeah. in, in some sort of form, is that a way of kind of like giving back to people that have kind of like helped you along the way and sort of like paying it forward, I guess, and in telling your story and, and allowing somebody else th that may be in the position that you once were in to give them a little piece of hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for sure. In a lot of ways, um, just coming up and fighting, I never really had someone to look up to as right. Oh, he did it before I can do it too. Yeah. You know, not, not an American for sure. And not, not somebody yeah. that yeah. started so late or had the lifestyle that I did. So I've always, um, it's always been very important for me to be extremely vocal and open and vulnerable about my life and my struggles and the ups and the downs. And, um, I know how important it is to ha to not feel alone and to feel like somebody else understands what you're going through. Um, yeah. So that has always encouraged me to express those things more. And, you know, as I was fighting, I was always, um, you know, putting that stuff out there and, you know, started doing it more and more and more. And, um, as, as things progressed from there. Um, so yeah, as you said, I, I do feel, I do, I've always felt a sense of responsibility to yeah. give back and to share a lot of these things that I've gone through and struggled with and, um, the, the down times as well as the up times, because uh, it's like right. the, the first uh, highlight video I ever did. The first five minutes I showed me just getting the shit kicked out of me because yeah. I saw it's like the only thing you ever see in highlight videos is highlights, <laughs> how great right. people look. And you get a very skewed perception of what it takes to do this. You think, yeah. oh, you just have to be a badass that kicks ass all the time and looks good all the time and feels good all the time. Like, well, how do you operate when things aren't going well? How do you yeah. handle yourself when the world has turned its back to you? That's right. what shows what somebody really is and who they really are. So, um, and it also humanizes us too, shows that we're all just the same. We all struggle. We all deal with a lot of the same things. And, I think that's what keeps a lot of people from going after a lot of things is because they don't feel like they were born with the right ingredients or the right lifestyle or whatever the case may be. Whereas it doesn't matter what you were born with. Like we're all going to struggle. Everyone's going to have a certain percentage of gifts, a certain percentage of things that are working against them. And it, it's a, it's a gigantic spectrum in that it's not just these little pieces that you think, Oh, this, this is what you need to be successful. Just a X, Y, and Z. Uh, it, it's so much deeper than that. And the more that people understand that, I think 
the more successful we will all be and the better we will all be because we realize that we're all just the same thing in a lot of ways, you know? It's yeah. just some people make choices and <laughs> some people uh, become victims and, you know, we're all victims of something. It's just, what are you going to do? What do you do with it? And that's the only right. thing that, that's the only thing I've seen that differentiates successful and unsuccessful people because it very rarely had anything to do with something they were born with or an external force because with every everything everything comes with something everything comes with a right. weight everything comes with a cost and just because yeah. something looks positive doesn't mean it's all positive because it also comes yeah. with some level of negativity but we don't ever Absolutely. see that we only see the positive aspect of it everything comes yeah. with something everything has a balance the good and the bad you know you say you want this but that's because you don't see what this comes with you skip yes. over that part. Yeah. And then when you get it, yeah. you're like, fuck, I don't want this shit. Right. <laughs> I don't want what this comes right. with. Um, yeah. So it's like every, every good thing comes with a bad thing. I, uh, yeah, I love that, man. And um, to show like a highlight reel of, of getting, you know, of the, the, the not so great times, the, the shitty times, the losses, like I, I, I like, you know, everyone's going to take losses, you know, and, and it, it really is. I, I believe like, especially in fighting, you know, to lose, I think it's almost a blessing to lose the first fight or the first bunch of fights the because it's the best, you know? Yeah. Because then when you, you know, you, you don't have to wait to feel that, that high of winning, winning, winning. And then that yeah. dip of, I lost, I'm never going to do this again. Cause I'm shit. It's yeah. just like, okay, I lost. I can either go, I can only go up from here. I can quit yeah. or I can go up. Right. Yeah. And I think that's just like you said, it's with life, right? Like, you know, there's, there's ups and downs, but you gotta, you gotta accept those, those, the downtimes, the lows to get to those highs. And, 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 uh, yeah, I love that, man. That's, that's awesome. Ideally you want to answer that question the first day. Cause you don't want to answer that question 10 years from now and realize that you right. just wasted 10 years doing something that you didn't actually love. You yeah. know, if you can, um, there's this great Hulk Hogan story where when he started wrestling, his trainer snapped his shin in half the first day. Okay. And he's like, this yeah. is going to happen eventually. You're going to get right. fucking hurt. You're going to get really injured. Do you really want to do this? Because if you don't, I just saved you a lifetime. Sure. Yeah. By showing you, I mean, that's pretty extreme. But if you can realize the first day you do something, if you still want to do it when things aren't going good, because right. everybody wants to do it when things are great, Everyone who wants to do shit when it's easy, when you're getting lots yeah. of money and people are like, oh, you're so awesome. You're wonderful. Do you want to do this when you're getting the shit beat out of you, when everyone tells you how much of a failure you are and nobody right. wants anything to do with you? You want to do it then, then you really want to do it. Yeah, that's such a great perspective. I think it's uh, I think it's really important, too. I've really enjoyed, um, you know, following along and 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 learning more about you and, and your story. It really is really quite remarkable um i love a story i mean i it, it, a lot of what you say echoes what i've felt and experienced in my life so you know it's yeah. uh it's been really really you know um a pleasure to 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 hear these things and be able to really connect and relate to yeah. them um you know the details are the details are different but the emotions are the same you know yeah. Yeah. and uh you know a story of 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 somebody that's coming you know come from kind of like you know the mess and and turned it around and and you know become successful and now has a message yeah and um 
I think that's the most important thing. And I really appreciate the way you share your message and your story and, you know, your vulnerability and your open, honest um, testimony is, is really, it's quite inspiring. And I, I can imagine that uh, anybody that's viewing or listening to this is going to get a lot of hope, a lot of inspiration, a lot of motivation from it. Uh, so, I mean, I want to thank you. And um, we, if people are looking to uh, to reach out, to follow you, to learn more about you, uh, what are your social media handles where people can find you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, first off, thank you for having me on here. I really appreciate it. It was great to talk to you. Uh, my yeah. my website is thesoulassassin.com. That's where I got all my merch and my books and uh, things like that. Uh, social media on Instagram and Twitter, it's DA Soul Assassin, the Soul Assassin. Um, you can find me on there, even though I've been shadow banned for like two years. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find and get a hold of. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll put all those links in the show notes so people can access it easily. And, uh, you know, I, again, man, I just want to say thank you uh, for your time and for your story and, um, you know, for your motivation and inspiration. It's, uh, it's been it's been an honor to chat with you. Hey, likewise, man. It's my pleasure.